scary basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including a nighttime stroll down a dark pier, an alleyway with a single flickering lamppost, a shimmering lake under a full moon, and also hell. I'm Mikey McCaller. And I'm Roxy Polk. Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest thing that happened to us this week. What went down in your life outside of this scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? So, Mikey, I made an appointment to get my next COVID booster, which uh, has been very booked up. So I was like, I just want to get one now, like in the kind of early in the day. So if it knocks me out on my ass for the whole rest of the day, I can just rest and be fine for tomorrow. That was my plan. I finally found a spot. That was open at the time slot I needed, but it was located a state over in Washington. I'm in <laughs> Portland, so it's not super far away, but it was like half an hour drive. Um, so I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll leave right now. It's before rush hour. Should be fine. Drive there. Park. Wait in line. The lady behind the counter is like a very nice kind of like your your kindly auntie type. She was like, oh, hon, mm-hmm. just wait a minute. I'll, I'll check through and make sure. And, like, she was ha- having trouble with the computer. And we were both like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, oh, honey, this is for next week. <laughs> this is not now. You made you made an appointment a week from now. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. I looked at my email. And, yes, I had made an appointment a week from now. So I drove mm-hmm. all the way out of my way to try and get, try and be safe, get a booster. Mm-hmm. Did not. <laughs> Just drove Almost sounds like what's hour. scary about that is, like, did you, in the moment, make the appointment correctly? And was your mind erased by a sinister mm. force? That mm. that can Something be a problem. Mm-hmm. But now I'm not inoculated yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have that extra, the extra defense. But I did pick up some uh, pastries on my way out. So I guess I turned a negative into a positive and then had to drive a half hour back home during rush hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> good. Very good. I'll tell you what's scaring me this week. What's scaring you this week, Mikey? From The View. The View TV show? Yes. The Um, Morning Time TV show. The Morning Time TV show. Okay. There's a clip that was going around Twitter where Whoopi Goldberg on The View says, Her name is Little Amal. Here she is. Have you heard of Little Amal at all, Roxy? No. What is that? Who is that? Little Amal is a giant puppet we're talking 10 to 15 feet tall it's a very tall puppet of a refugee girl it was made by a little refugee girl it's like a nice little story but i was too freaked out by the puppet to learn the story (laughs) i didn't read anything about it but there's a clip from the view of Whoopi goldberg saying like here's little mall let's go to her and then they bring out this puppet it's like four women like careening this horrifying puppet monster oh and then the video ends with like this wide shot of Whoopi goldberg and the giant hand reaches in and touches her face <laughs> nothing is scarier than giant things to old mikey mccaller roxy i'll put the link to the youtube clip in the show notes it is please truly do i've scary. never seen this thing i'm terrified i hate it with my like. whole heart <laughs> I hate it, and I wish it wasn't around, even though it's a very cute little story. You can see it in the thumbnail I just sent you right there. Oh, wow. Okay, so her, like, torso is all see-through and, like, wickers yeah. on purpose? Oh, okay. I think so. I don't know. Maybe they haven't finished it I can see that being, like, yet. a symbolism type thing, if that is the case of how she's supposed mm. to look, possibly. But yeah, this face. So a little girl made this or just had the idea for it? 
she made it, and she made it too big. It's too big, Roxy. I hate it. I was so scared. I'm so scared it's of a big giant. Things. It looks like surprisingly kind of realistic. Like it's a realistically rendered face. I, know, I thought it was going to be a I little know. bit more cartoony looking or something, but no. Right? Haunting. Uh, it makes me very impressed with this little girl that she made this. My God. It's impressive. But it's also, a, it's an yeah, incredible, it's giant. incredible work of engineering. No better and no worse than the engineering Truly. that it was used to make the demon carcass of the demon <laughs> bot. Here he is. Uh oh. Mikey and Roxy, this week you were assigned the 1991 continuation of the Chucky saga with Child's Play 3. Did you watch the film or your soul's forfeit? I did watch Child's Play 3, Roxy. Did you? Yes, I watched Child's Play 3. Whew. Good, then you may keep your souls. For now. He just jogged out of here. I think he was doing that military step. You know, that left, left, Ooh. right, left. I think he was getting into the spirit of this movie, which takes place at a military academy for some reason. <laughs> Demon Bot famously went to military school. His mean stepdad sent him. Uh-oh. To teach him a lesson about country. <laughs> Roxy, for anybody listening at the basement door, what do you say we do a quick plot recap of this film, huh? Let's do it. That sounds great. Remember in Child's Play 2 when Chucky got melted and had his head exploded? Well, seemingly everyone up and left the factory right then and there. Eight years later, a claw picks up the melted Chucky corpse, driving it into its body. The blood drips out as it's lifted over a vat of plastic. Slowly, said plastic swirls, becoming the face of a Chucky. He shouts, no, as he reforms, apparently mad that he's alive again. I sure hope Chucky isn't unnecessarily mad this entire movie. We then move to the good guy boardroom, where the evil head of the company declares that good guys will go back on the market because they run a business and wear children besides consumer trainees. CEO is gifted the very first good guy doll off the assembly line. And it is, of course, Chucky himself who that night comes to life and kills the CEO with a barrage of toys. Because Chucky still thinks he can only get his soul out of the doll by putting it into Child's Play 1 and 2 protagonist Andy Barkley. He searches up Andy's address in the CEO's computer, which is there for some reason, and finds <laughs> that the kid's gone off to Kent Military Academy. And we're off to military school! Andy is older now, and he's meeting with the head of the school, Colonel Cochran. Colonel Cochran hates troublemakers, you see, which he assumes that Andy is, since he's bounced around foster homes his whole life. Cochran tells Andy to forget his fantasies about killer dolls, and implies Andy should instead become the killer himself by being in the military. Andy goes to get a haircut from military barber sergeant Botnik, who ends every haircut with his catchphrase, Presto, you're bald! Even though they're not bald, so we don't even know why he says they're that. They're never bald when he says they're that. They're never bald. Even if the cadets are walking away with a lot of hair. Here, Andy meets Tyler, a little kid who loves the Game Gear. When a commercial for the newly relaunched Good Guy doll comes on, Tyler is transfixed while Andy gets incredibly anxious, having a borderline panic attack. Andy goes outside for drill, where he meets nerdy, millhouse-looking kid Whitehurst. His shitty drill sergeant peer, Shelton, and back-talking hottie, Da Silva. Andy is bad at military and gets yelled at by Shelton, who Da Silva then calls an asshole. She is forced then to do push-ups, and when she gets back up, she gives Andy a little smile. 
Wicked Tyler is then asked to deliver a package to Andy, which is, of course, a good guy doll, because Chucky somehow wrapped himself up and mailed himself at the same time. Nobody, nobody knows. It's a mystery. He obviously lusts after such a toy and opens it for himself after he gets a hint of what it is inside. But surprise, it is indeed Chucky, and he is unnecessarily mad. But it's here where Chucky realizes he doesn't need Andy anymore. Since he has a new body, he can tell someone else his secret identity. And his secret identity is, of course, that he is the serial killer, Charles Lee Ray. He can then transfer their soul into them. Chucky chooses Tyler. Near seconds before Chucky completes his voodoo ritual to steal Tyler's body, they're interrupted by Colonel Cochran, who takes Chucky, telling Tyler, only girls play with dolls. Colonel Cochran throws Chucky in the trash, and when the trash man comes to pick up said trash, Chucky pretends to be a child. There, he tricks the hapless garbage man into the back of the truck, and Chucky gets on the controls, turns the compactor on, and smushes the trash man straight to death. That night, Chucky makes himself known to Andy, telling him he's going to get Tyler instead. Andy resolves to stop him, but is interrupted by Sheldon, who decides to take Chucky and give him to his little sister. Later that night, Andy breaks into Sheldon's room to stab Chucky, but damn, the doll's gone, and Sheldon has the entire crew running in the rain until he finds out who stole it. Andy runs away from the group, looking for Tyler, who is again about to be possessed by Chucky. Instead, they're interrupted by De Silva and her little friend, who we haven't met yet. De Silva and her female friend put lipstick on Chucky, like girls do. Just before Cochran returns to his office, once the kids are shooed away, Chucky leaps out from around the corner and startles Cochran into having a heart attack. Chucky doesn't even have to do any murder. It is unclear how Chucky feels about this. Then Whitehurst gets his haircut. He leaves, Chucky shows up, slits a barber sergeant's throat, and Whitehurst comes back to find the murder scene and a living Chucky with the murder weapon in hand. Whitehurst will do nothing with this information besides quiver and run away. Very scared. Even though their leader just fucking died, the school decides to go on with their war games, which are, of course, a rousing game of play war played with real rifles loaded just with paintballs. But don't forget, there is a Chucky on the loose, and our guy switches the paintballs for real bullets. Now these war games are going to be killer. And they are. Andy is on the blue squad and goes off looking for Tyler on the red. At some point here, he kisses De Silva. Then Andy finds Tyler and Chucky and gets the kid away from the killer doll. But then somehow Chucky gets a hold of De Silva and radios in to Andy and the squad leaders to bring him Tyler or he'll kill De Silva. Andy and Tyler go to Chucky, followed by the rest of the blue squad. There, the red squad opens fire and shoots Shelton again with live rounds <laughs> just before Chucky hurls a grenade at the group. Whitehurst takes one for the team and jumps on it, dying a hero's death. R.I.P., you millhouse-looking bastard. Chucky takes Tyler and absconds to a nearby carnival. Andy and De Silva give chase, and somehow both sides end up with guns? They meet in a ride called the Devil's Lair. De Silva gets shot in the leg, leaving Andy alone to take the huge hulking Magnum and go finish Chucky off once and for all. He does. He shoots Chucky, and Chucky falls into a big fan and gets sliced all up, repeatedly. <laughs> they want to make sure you know he's all chopped up. No no more Chucky uh, is going to be walking around after this. The police take Andy away as De Silva goes to the hospital. Every one of them was happy for the rest of their lives in the end. Roxy, that is Child's Play 3. What a film! 
That's the movie Child's Play 3. <laughs> the ending is so abrupt. I did a little uh, uh, digging into the making of this movie. Oh, did you? Roxy, this movie came out nine months after Child's Play 2. Nine months? Are you kidding? Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, I had no idea. It was being, uh, they asked Don Mancini, the uh, head of Chucky, <laughs> head of Chucky Industries, to uh-huh. begin writing this movie before Child's Play 2 was even finished. And he has said in numerous interviews, he was just like, I didn't have any more ideas. I didn't know what to do. And that kind of comes across. Okay. <laughs> sort of is like the way this movie feels. I think there are so many incredible Chucky moments. Listen, I'll say again, Chucky is my favorite horror movie monster. He's my uh-huh. favorite. He was my first. He broke my horror movie cherry. It was the first rated R movie I ever watched. I love Chucky so much. This movie has great Chucky moments. And it does not hang together. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to say something more about American systems and how the, like, kids slip through the cracks and how, like, the American military-industrial complex is incredibly fucked and that they will have children Mm -hmm. basically training to be child soldiers. Like, obviously this is dramatized, but there are real, like, instances of this happening, like, legally or Mm -hmm. encouraged in some ways. (laughs) Um like, I remember in my high school, we had, like, junior ROTC or whatever, where you've got, like, mm. you know, 13-year-olds wearing uniforms and, like, doing military mm. drills and shit, which is extremely fucked up. Yeah, it's in really- my opinion. They sent recruiters to our high school. Like, there were just military yeah. recruiters hanging out in our lunchroom, like, asking us if we wanted to join the military. Like, you're right. It is very fucked up. This movie does a very weird thing, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, it makes me think that there's, like- Honestly, I've talked before about how, like, I would love, like, my dream movie writing project would be to write a reboot of the Star Wars prequels. Oh. I think there's a great story there. It just, like, is executed kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of my agree. fault about this movie. Like, I think there are so many awesome, interesting ideas here, and it's just executed so weirdly and poorly. Yeah. They do this bizarre thing where if the second Child's Play movie is about consumerism, and uh, the, like the greed of the company to tell them that there is nothing wrong with good guy dolls leads to them resurrecting Chucky, right? Like they're mm-hmm. so afraid of losing profits that they bring Chucky back. This movie opens with a scene about consumerism that kind of shifts into like it almost felt like they needed to address their previous theme to shift it into their new theme of like, it mm-hmm. kind of becomes about systems in general, how systems crush yeah. the individuality, individuality out of us. Yes. And so they do this bizarre little scene and where- And the compassion, I'd say too, where it's just like all for the sake of this machine grinding everybody up. Nothing is more mm-hmm. important we, than money or numbers for your <laughs> military or whatever. There's so much talk in this um, in this opening scene and throughout the movie of just like what is expected of children and young adults, and whenever they go off the beaten path, that they are making mistakes. Like, yeah. and it's kind of interesting, right? It's kind of cool that like they have this scene where it's like, no, we've got this. Uh, 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 what we, we run a business, and businesses do nothing but treat children like consumer trainees. It's like this really potent line that the ceo yeah. of the good guy com- company gives and it's like oh his titular villain line i'd say too yeah yeah it's like oh yeah you're a piece of shit okay we get it <laughs> <laughs> and what's kind of upsetting about this is that like it's sort of the same idea that opens child play 2 but just in like a more mustache twirling iteration yeah it's also smaller scale 
as well because it's just like mm. an individual foster care situation kind of yeah it's not like these big companies doing it as much i do like like uh, the idea of a of a company being like afraid and like these moments matter and like this story about andy barkley matters so we have to go do this upsetting thing we have to clean up this <laughs> chucky doll to like make good with this spurned customer is kind of like a realistic way that like I could see a company doing it. In this one, they're just like, we like profits, 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 profits. Num, 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 num. I don't care if I have to stomp on a child's brain to get it. Oh, profit, profit, profit. Like it's very cartoony. They have like and one guy who is a dissenter who is like, this <laughs> is kind of over the top. This is crazy. Like we can't do this. And then they're, they just go ahead with it anyway. And he's like, I just want on record that I don't agree with this. And then the evil CEO guy like puts a hand on his shoulder, leans over very menacingly and is like, oh, I won't forget that you said that. And then like leaves. (laughs) And then it's one of my favorite moments. He goes back to his um, office and we know Chucky's like lurking. Chucky's going to kill him. But he sits down in front of his TV and turns on the TV and they just play stock yeah, it's just information. Stocks. And he's just like, yes, it's time to watch business. <laughs> yeah. <And> then he <laughs> goes to, to like do some business. mini golf or whatever <laughs> in a butt while he's watching it. Also, let's talk about this really quick. Something a, a big problem I had with this movie is mm. um, a lot of things happened that like seemed divorced from previous scenes or like the context. Okay. In what, in what way specifically? The, the first time I noticed it, was in this scene with the CEO of Good Guy Dolls and Chucky's running around fucking with him. And then he jumps out and he stabs him or whatever. He does, he makes it known that he is a Chucky and he's ready to kill him. And he goes, mm-hmm. don't fuck with the Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you can tell this is like a line they have built this movie around. But the CEO- Gotta be on posters. Didn't fuck with him. <laughs> like the CEO brought him back to life. Like I don't know what he's done. He didn't fuck with him. He didn't do anything weird to him. Later on in the movie, when some of our characters uh put lipstick on Chucky, I would have loved it if then when he came alive and was gonna kill one of them, if he said don't fuck with the Chuck. Because that's yeah. they were fucking with him. They were fucking with him. The CEO yeah. didn't do anything. It just felt like a lot of this movie. Him? Like <laughs> Not still not does still doesn't work. I was like, I guess he got gifted him, so he was like given as like an object. But still, like it doesn't matter. He just picked it up and put it on his yeah couch and like left it there. So yeah, still don't work. dehumanize the Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Gift, don't gift someone the Chuck. So like that lipstick scene, and also he's thrown in the garbage like two different occasions too, where he could have yeah. said that during that time too. Like when he goes to. Uh, give the one dude a heart attack where he's got like a knife or something i think right that he's gonna stab Mm -hmm. the colonel guy but then he just has the heart attack you could have said it there too like that could have been your line instead of just screaming because i think it's just like does chucky Chucky is so angry he's just like screaming all the time in this movie and i don't like it i like yeah like when he's under fire to be screaming sure like if he's you know being shot at by a cop or being stabbed by Andy Barkley like yeah sure Chucky can scream when he's just like jumping out like he has no reason to growl at So them. I think we he's talked about this a little killer. where like in that opening scene he's more playful but then once he gets to the military academy and is like oh wait I can just put my soul in this other kid's doll so it feels hmm. like after he decides that it's like oh I can do that but then constantly gets thwarted 
like back to back to back he gets progressively more and more filled with rage than he even had before more angry chucky does what i think is like a huge mistake chucky does the killer doll voodoo equivalent of marrying your high school sweetheart he does wherein the very first person going after andy the very first person that he sees when he has a whole new body and he can tell his secret to anybody who he's alone with Uh uh-huh he tells it to the very first person he knows like the point is chucky date around go try (laughs) out other people go see whose body you maybe want to uh try out don't get married to the first person you saw this is the only kid that's a good guys fan though nobody else at the academy would want to commit to chucky the chuck in my opinion he found the one (laughs) kid that would be susceptible to his influences and he knew i will i will say that's true from a screenwriter's perspective i don't think chucky knows that chucky meets him and is like you're the kid you're the one um but also, like, he could take, like, Andy didn't want to have his, his soul taken either. Chucky gets a gun. He's ready to go, you know? He's ready to steal anybody's there's, soul. There's plenty of guns and weapons at this military academy, too. He literally could have done more with that, I guess. But it uh-huh. is much more devious for him to switch the paintball rounds in that one scene with live rounds than use, like, a grenade. And then that one Millhouse kid <laughs> fucking jumps on the grenade like suddenly it's a tragic war movie where he's decided to sacrifice himself for everybody else. He doesn't say anything. He's not like, live grenade or run or anything. He just chooses to die <laughs> for these people he hates yep. because now he's an American hero. The military made this kid kill himself, I guess. I don't know. That's a great point, Roxy. He hates these people that he sacrifices. He like truly for. does. Like even Andy, who's nice to him, he like kind of doesn't want to have anything to do with them because andy's like a target and uh-huh. then is saying crazy things about the doll and whatnot uh so he's just like this i is, d- whatever it's a symptom of this movie's clearly rushed production schedule like there are a lot of things that you can just tell like this feels like the first draft of a movie script like there's a mm. lot again a lot of cool ideas but they're not fleshed out they don't make sense a lot of things just happen i the the thing the, mo- the moment that made it really clear to me was andy's like I got to go find Tyler. He's going to get killed by Chucky. The war games have started and he runs into De Silva and she shows him the carnival that they're going to go to for the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then she kisses him. And then Andy just continues on looking for Tyler. Like that has yeah. nothing like it doesn't influence his story at all. It's not like it's just so she can be taken hostage, I guess, by Chucky in a second. But yeah, or they just Chucky. need to shoehorn a romance in there, which so many movies feel like they just do that because they think you need to have that story beat, which is so just like tired. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're not going to make it actually matter, just don't do it. Like you've got yeah. limited time in a movie. Choose what you're going to prioritize. You don't need some half-assed romance that makes no sense. And the characters have like no actual chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're sort of okay. They, they absolutely have no chemistry. The, so, some of these scenes, it's like they're they fine. They're fine. They kind of like jive or whatever, but not really like romantically. It didn't really feel like they had chemistry in that way. What's kind of frustrating to me about this De Silva kiss, like they introduce this character De Silva, and she kisses Andy, and then at the end they have like a nice little connection, or whatever. Andy's whole arc has been like he is not connecting with people like he lost his mother because of Chucky. He lost his foster family. He he has clearly not been able to form attachments anymore. And like that's a big story beat for him to form an attachment with somebody. And it just happens and it doesn't nothing happens with it. I don't know. I was frustrated with it. Feels bad. 
They could have, like, um, built it up and just been, like, they don't actually follow through on it. Like, it's kind of implied that maybe they'll get together if they spend more time together later. You can just mm-hmm. leave it at that and still kind of have that subplot and then not have mm-hmm. to leave something hanging like they did for that. Right. Um, I feel like it was just so they could have Chucky observing him getting a kiss and being get have him give a line that's like, man, I gotta get out of this body because he wants Why to kiss a girl. Like, okay, who cares? We know. Okay, Chucky's horny. That's what I was wondering. I was like, like, do we think Chucky wants to kiss? <laughs> like, is that what we're saying? I don't know. It's it's putting the idea out there, which we didn't need. I mean, I guess the sequels have him getting like a doll girlfriend. I haven't seen the sequel, so maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's setting that up, Mike. <laughs> Even though I don't think it is at all. <laughs> yeah, it definitely isn't. It's very weird that this movie came out really fast after Child's Play 2. And the, yeah, but the narrative know. takes eight years. And yes. then I believe it's seven years until the next Chucky movie, oh, which takes it? place pretty closely after three. Okay, I was not aware of that. Dang. Okay. So we do get kind of caught up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Wise, but. How do you feel about... The amusement park. Like, I always love amusement parks as a set piece, um, but it's an interesting place for it to end after being, like, in this military academy the whole time. Suddenly, now we're, like, in an amusement park, because why not, I guess? It's, yes. No, it's exactly the right place for a child's play movie that is just, like, a general child's play movie, as opposed to this one, which is a weird themed child's play movie. Yeah. I think that the final act of this movie should have been the war games and all of the kids should have been shooting each other. Because I will say, Roxy, the idea for Chucky to put live rounds in a paintball gun game is mm-hmm. the funniest and best idea in a horror movie. And it, like, it kind of justifies... It's very like Insidious. No, it is. It's yeah. horrifying. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's a great concept. And they kind of don't do anything with it. We get one character who dies from one kid it's the bully the bully dies and that's it and then they shoot shoot a bunch of bullets but nobody else gets hit until someone's like oh shit that kid actually died it's live round Mm -hmm. stop and then they stop this is one of many mandela effect moments i had with this movie because i've seen this movie i watched it on tnt as a child okay seven or eight hundred times damn all right this is my first time seeing it so uh yeah, what what was your childhood impression of it or misremember? This one in my head, like I remember a thousand kids dying <laughs> from bullets mm. in the live round uh, war games. I remember every kid dying. Only one kid dies. Yeah, I mean that I would remember. make more sense. The fact that they didn't cause more carnage in that scene is so baffling right? to me. Like a budget reason, or because it was the bully, so he's maybe supposed to be more emotionally important, possibly. But like, not yeah, really. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea what the thinking is behind that. Besides them just like not caring. Like they're just like, oh yeah, we'll have, that'll get one kid killed. Yeah. Maybe there wasn't enough time. Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Because Andy like is on to the next thing, having to chase them down at the amusement park. So it's not even like they really linger on that. And then the one kid gets blown up for whatever (laughs) reason. And that's just, okay. (laughs) Roxy, Chucky states that he is putting these live rounds in the, guns to cause a distraction so he Uh can like steal tyler's soul and chucky is the one who gets distracted (laughs) like when he's watching these guns go off he's laughing and that's when tyler sneaks away oh seriously okay unbelievable (laughs) unbelievable it's very funny that's really great the other things i remember mandela effecty this one's less so uh i remember as a kid watching this movie and just being like wow andy is so old andy's like a full-grown adult now and i watched the movie this time and i was like he is 11 years old 
Yeah, I think that's... He is so young. He's just a baby. We've talked about this before, about how, like, you know, when you are a kid, when you are eight, a 16-year-old looks grown up. It feels <laughs> like being 16 means I'm going to have agency over my life. I'm going to be, like, a cool protagonist, like I see in all these stories, when it's like, mm-hmm. that 16-year-old is being t- played by, like, a 25-year-old, and yeah, these are being mm-hmm. written by adult... Those Your perception of what it's like to be an actual 16-year-old is not actually real when you are eight. Uh And I think that line just kind of keeps moving as you get older, where it's like the generation, somebody 10 years older than you is going to seem more mature or older than they really are by the time you get there. Then you're like, that's actually not that old. Oh, that's not actually all that old. Oh, you are actually a little baby. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah, it turns out everybody's a baby now. Yeah, I I guess so. (laughs) And they're in playing war games, Mikey. It's a bunch of babies playing war games. Babies playing war games. Well, and that's why it feels like the final set piece of this movie should have been Chucky takes over Tyler. Because if this whole movie is about how horrifying it is that we are turning children into killers, yeah. it should have ended with a child as a killer. <laughs> like, it feels very clear Yeah, to me. and like either Andy has to kill him or come to yeah. the decision to let him go because he doesn't want to kill Tyler. So that would have been right. a lot more emotionally resonant. I mean, I do like Tyler. Uh, I don't think we talked too much about him. He's an adorable little precocious mm-hmm. child who I think if He's anybody cute. else had been playing him, he would have been annoying. But somehow this kid gives a performance and just has an energy to him that he's just a cute little kid that you don't want anything bad to happen to. Like, mm-hmm. ex- extremely more so than a lot of other just like kids playing a little precocious kid in a movie, I would say. Roxy. That's interesting you say that because this is another thing that I found in my research about this movie. Hmm. Don Mancini, one of the reasons he doesn't like this movie is because of the casting. Specifically, he doesn't like the casting of Tyler because he says, and I read this literally halfway through watching this movie and ended up agreeing with it, but I don't know if I would have otherwise. He thinks that Tyler is too old. What? Too old? Too old. He's so... He's so, like, short and small compared to everybody else. Like, everybody else is a teenager, and Tyler looks like he's, like, eight. And, like, all of the adults kind of treat him as, like, a little kid, too. They're like, here you go, little guy. You can go and do the thing. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you get to play your game gear, but nobody else gets to. We get it, because you're very small. So let him get away with it. But so he thought he needed to be younger? I agree with all of that, because he does look like a tiny, tiny child in the military context. Uh-huh. But in the context of all of the believing in Chucky that he does, oh, I'm like, okay. you're kind of an adult. Like, you know this is an evil doll, don't you? <laughs> like, this is crazy that you think Charles is your friend. He's not. And it was once I read that, he said, Tyler is too old. And I was like, oh, yeah, he is too old. And then the other one that I thought was very funny, he didn't like the casting of Colonel Cochran, the guy who ran the military school. Okay. Because he said he wanted, like, an R. Lee Ermey type who's from Full Metal Jacket. It was just, like, this tough, aggressive, take-no-shit, get-down maggot. Yeah. So the guy that we got feels very much like a bureaucrat, like a soft bureaucrat who, like, right? ha- says the lines he needs to say and obviously believes it. But he's also just kind of, like, laid back. Like, if he had to actually enforce some of that shit, I couldn't mm-hmm. really see him doing it. He just delegated to somebody else. Like, yeah, well, he doesn't seem like almost, a hard-nosed type like what you're describing Mancini wanted, which would have been a lot more effective, I think. Right, yeah. It feels like an insane distinction because there are script reasons that that Colonel Cochran reads kind of soft. Like, yeah. he's deluded by Shelton, and 
also deluded by the 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 haircut guy. Yeah, that's another thing too. Let Shelton Shelton like run rampant, like just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Which is weird yeah. that he gives this child so much responsibility and like leeway. I, I get that you're trying to do that whole prison experiment where it's like you give one of the prisoners power over the others and he like abuses mm. it to Helen back and keeps them in line. But still, it just seems like a strange choice. I, I don't know how military academies are run, but that feels like that's not something they would do. I don't know. Absolutely not. Maybe I'm wrong. Also, this is the stupidest character in the movie because it's one of my favorite moments in the entire movie because it's so dumb, the decision he makes. Andy breaks into his bully peer Shelton's room to find Chucky and stab him with a knife. Yeah. And Chucky ends up like cutting Andy's heel or whatever and running away and he gets he escapes and he gets back to Tyler. Shelton wakes up, finds Andy in his room, sees that the Chucky doll is gone and says, where is it? You stole it. And Andy says, I didn't. And Shelton goes, well, somebody did. And we're going to find out who and makes the entire barracks go out in the rain. It's like, mm-hmm. it was Andy. <laughs> like If you are thinking that somebody stole it, it was the kid who broke into your bedroom who has the only connection to the doll. It was him. What do you mean? He, he says once it wasn't me. And he's like, oh, right, right, right. Well, we got to suss out the truth here. <laughs> like, truth is he's lying to you you maniac very funny yeah i guess what how i kind of saw it was that he did think andy did it but andy wasn't gonna tell him where it was even when he was threatening him and then some a third party came in so he was like okay well i can't beat the shit out of you i guess with this third party watching so instead Mm. i will torture everybody else so they will all hate you and blame mm-hmm. you for making them go out here and run until you own up to it and show me where the damn doll is because I know you took it, is how I if, interpreted if, that. I like that until <laughs> the next scene. When If this was about getting Andy to crack, yeah. he's paying so little attention to Andy that Andy just waltzes out of the circle and goes to continue his mission. Yes, I did think that was very strange that he was able to do it, but I was like, I guess he's just good at slipping... They're grid now, but then he, like, he finds him, right? And then, like, kicks the shit out of him in that side area, right? I think somebody else does. There's, like, a second pseudo-bully? Maybe his, uh, his right-hand guy. Now now I'm second-guessing myself. Am I misremembering that scene? Yeah, I think there's a second guy. Dude, this movie needs, it just needs one more pass. (laughs) And it's great. Because, again, there are so many awesome movies, or moments, rather, in this whole movie where... Chucky and Andy backstage at a ride, and there's, like, a Grim Reaper thing, like, slicing Chucky's yeah. face off. Awesome! I love the set piece of the of the amusement park, even if it doesn't, like, totally make sense why they mm-hmm. chose that to, like, move it to another location. But I'm very glad they did. Like, I love theme parks. I love amusement parks. I love, like, fairs like this. So I always love to see it, like, in movies and everything, and then making it a set piece, especially with, like, the spooky ride animatronics mm-hmm. and stuff was very neat. <laughs> And then, like, being on the tracks and having to move, like, when a train yeah. car is coming and stuff. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Very <laughs> fun. It's kind of a bummer that the only, like, negative consequences of being backstage there are happening to Chucky. If there mm. was one extra character. Like, I think that, like, if De Silva's friend had come along with them and she got stabbed by the, like, the swinging scythe, it would have been like, oh, our characters are in danger. As opposed Mm. to uh, seemingly just Chucky is in danger. He was the only one who felt any negative consequences from what was going on behind the stage at the the carnival. 
Tyler is like trying to hide from Chucky this whole time. So like he is trying to use Mm -hmm. the environment to his advantage. He's small enough where he can sit on a prop that goes up and down so he can like Mm. jump on it and kind of ride it up. And then there's this volcano that he can go up to, but then he's like stuck up there. And then at one point he's hanging off of it and like can't climb back up. And there's that razor fan below him. So there's, like, a lot of implied peril that happens, but aside from De Silva getting shot by Chucky, who is using the gun he brought in there and not the actual <laughs> right. ride itself, um, no actual, like, damage happens to any of the human characters yeah. because of the ride. Yeah, it just feel it felt very neutered. I was, like, not concerned that, you know, Andy was going to get hit by a, a roller coaster car also, or anything. I want to say the minute you see that fan, that exposed bladed fan, <laughs> you're like, yeah. okay, that's how they're going to kill Chucky. And they show it like <laughs> two times before he actually falls into it. And it's like, I know, I know it's there. I know you're going to use it. You lingered on it for so long the first time. We don't need to see it the second time. <laughs> and now you're showing and it again. <laughs> we get it. Okay, now it's not a surprise when you kill him. Okay, I'm just waiting. I'm counting down the minutes to when you're actually going to just kick him into the fan. <laughs> right. And it just, I I don't know, it's just like, it, it, because we've watched the other, the first two Chucky movies fairly recently, it's like, it's hard not to compare the carnival to the good guy factory that was set up throughout the movie. Mm, It opens mm -hmm. in a good guy factory. We see that Andy lives very close to the good guy factory, and then we end up there. Yeah. With this, the carnival comes in half a scene before they go to the carnival. (laughs) They're like, did you know there's a carnival Yeah, they didn't establish it at all beforehand. And the other moment that, like, really didn't hold up like reminded me how good the first two chucky movies are specifically the first one Mm. is when andy and tyler are escaping and chucky's like and they're on top of the volcano and chucky's after him chucky's going he's mine he's mine about tyler Uh uh-huh and it's like that's fine but the but remember in one when chucky is shouting at the parents give me the boy and i'll let you live like the most horrifying thing a character's ever said. He's just like, give me the boy and I'll let you live. And I was just like, oh, right. Chucky used to be like kind of rational, like a character. Like he almost becomes a, a, a wisecracking little snark guy here. And that kind of drew the line for me. I mean, he's always been that, though. This movie felt like it was a different shift for you. I it guess. did, yeah. It, okay. Uh, it Like all of these little quips that he's doing don't fuck with the chuck uh this of course you know this means war is literally a bugs bunny line like (laughs) chucky almost becomes flattened he becomes this flat character who's just like saying silly fun things as -hmm. opposed to like in the first movie specifically that was a serial killer and a doll in the second movie that was a doll waging psychological warfare on a boy and in this one, he's kind of just like a, he's, I mean, he's kind of a Bugs Bunny character. He's like making quips and doing silly. I wonder if that's the shift in perspective where we get to see more of like Chucky doing things behind the scenes. Whereas like lots of times mm. in the other movies, we would see the aftermath or see like, you know, Andy getting blamed for a thing that Chucky did that they think that Andy did or something. So I wonder if seeing more of him scampering around and causing chaos and then seeing that chaos play out, maybe that's why. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, well, we got Chucky on screen. We got to make him say something. So to have him (sighs) say a funny quip, I guess. God, I think you're probably right. That sounds right to me. But the thing is, if they took out those scenes, then it would be much more boring. Because what would we see? More of the bully pushing Andy around? Like, (laughs) we don't care. There were so many scenes of that. 
um, right. already. <laughs> so. Ugh, tough. Roxy, we've already definitely talked about the big idea of the movie. I think we started out talking about it. Yeah, we did actually. Systematic conformity, right? Yeah, about individuality, conformity, these Mm. systems that humans... Childhood ends at a predetermined time. Yeah. When you reach this line, it is time to put away childish things. The uh, Cochrane says it pretty early. Yeah, and it's like determined by the adults around you, not by yourself, which is bullshit. Yeah. You you get to decide your own life, not these fucks. (laughs) Anyway. Least of all chubby nice guy cochran (laughs) nice guy (laughs) yeah he's kind of a nice guy um get these kids in bed before 1 a.m it's more ineffectual i guess uh roxy on a scale from one to five thumbs and remember we can go over two thumbs because we have this big box of hands Mm. how would you rate this movie um i'd say since i hadn't seen this movie before so it was a chucky movie i hadn't seen it before just seeing it for the first time I'd say it's a three out of five. I enjoyed it, even if a lot of things didn't really make sense. And like, it wasn't until afterwards, I was like, wait, that was a little weird. (laughs) Um, But I think if I had to watch it again, it would definitely lower the score to like a two or maybe even a one. Whoa. eh, 1.5. 1.5 or two, maybe. Uh, But I'd say pretty solid mid tier at a three for me. Uh, What about you, Mikey? That's interesting. I gave it a 2.75. So I'm just going to oh. slice off 0.25 thumbs. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look away. All right. Uh, you done? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Because for the same reason, there's a ton of moments in this story where they're just hand waving things. They're like, yeah, and then Chucky was here. Who cares? Whatever. We're moving on. Then he's looking for Tyler. Whatever. Yeah. But Chucky is always fun. And there are yeah. a lot of hints of interesting ideas in this movie. Like, I am kind of, like, intrigued by the the concept of systematic conformity being explored through a military base. Like, I kind of like yeah. that. And there's so many things that, like, inspired my imagination throughout it. You're right. It's about three thumbs up. And each time you watch it, it gets a little less. I just would not. I'm not deducting it as much as <laughs> That's you. That's fine. I'm just uh, point two yeah. five thumbs. I, I do want to say, like, it's it's nice. I, I'm glad that many horror movies explore themes like grief and, like, processing <laughs> that. Things like that. But just having a horror movie that focuses on a different theme, which we had, like, you know, Wishmaster and this movie, two in a row, which gladly have different themes that they're dealing with. And this one in particular, I don't know if there's another horror movie I can think of right now that deals with this kind of theming. So, uh, which, mm. honestly, it's way more terrifying than any sort of demon to me. <laughs> So sure, it's a good choice. Which is why it would have. You know what the perfect ending to this movie is? Mm-hmm. What? Kind of the same thing we get. Chucky almost gets his soul into Tyler. Okay. And then they say, "Are you okay?" And Tyler's like, "Yeah," but he says it kind of weird. And so we're okay. like, "Oh, is he Chucky now?" And then Tyler just becomes a regular soldier and goes to war. And it's never answered whether Chucky got his soul into it or not because that's what's going to happen to Tyler anyway. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a good idea I just had. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the mm. sequel we never got. Or the mm-hmm. ending we never got, I guess. <laughs> Roxy, did you have a question for me? I do. So one of the funniest set pieces in this movie was the amusement park, whether it made sense or not. So, uh, Mikey, my question to you is, what is your favorite thing to do at an amusement park slash fair? Well, I, I'm a big roller coaster guy. Nice. I will do a roller coaster real fast. I'll tell you my favorite thing I've ever done at a fair, the Minnesota State Fair, Roxy. Hmm. What? You can buy a gallon bucket of chocolate chip cookies from Martha's Sweet Cookies, and you just walk around 
with a fucking bucket of cookies. It's are the they chocolate chip it's cookies, so you said? Chocolate chip cookies. Okay, and those are your favorite, too, so that makes a lot of and sense. It's my favorite food. I have infinite of them. It's not healthy for me. <laughs> oh, that's all fair food. Physically or emotionally. Yeah. But what fun it was to walk around <laughs> with all those cookies. That's wonderful. Hell yeah. What about you? What's your favorite food? Real quick before I say that, uh, would you yeah. normally eat the bucket of cookies while you were at the fair? So by the time you left the fair, it was an empty bucket or would you save it? I feel like you would eat about half of it. And then on the way home, you would eat a couple more. But then the next day, all of the cookies at the bottom of the bucket would have compressed into one big cookie. So you're kind of just like ripping hunks. Oh, or they're kind of kinda like sticky cookies. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking more like kind of dry cookies, like a famous Amos or something. But okay, so these are more of those soft. They're like, cookies. I want to say like fresh baked. Like they are making Ooh. cookies and putting them in. Buckets. Yeah, I don't know this brand you were talking about. So I, I had no idea. That sounds really tasty. I want to eat that. Ugh. You got to go. What's your favorite fair thing? Uh, So my favorite thing was hard to choose because I also love rides, especially when there's like, you know, interesting different roller coasters or the horror themed rides like the one in this movie. Mm. But one of the best things probably is the like fried food that they will make at fairs mm. that is absolutely garbage for you. But yeah, it tastes delicious. I remember these there were these specific ice cream things that we would get where it would be like a chocolate ice cream bar. They would dip it in chocolate sauce, then roll it in Oreos. And then dip it again <laughs> in chocolate sauce and then roll it in like nuts or something, like whatever you choose, maybe candy bits or whatever. Uh-huh. And just being able to walk around and eat that and then like look at people selling stuff or whatever, or then like go on one of those rides, just being able to go on a spooky ride and eat some absolutely terrible for you ice cream, but absolutely delicious ice cream. <laughs> That's the oh, way that to go. Great. I want to go to um, an amusement park or a fair now. Damn it! I've been so long. Me too. Ugh. I want to. I just want cookies. Are you going to go to the Horror Nights, Mikey? You're in LA. You could go to Universal Horror Nights. Yeah, I probably will. You should send me a bunch of photos. Feels like the kind of thing I would do. Great. Do it. Let me I live will. vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, last week we made a bet mm-hmm. as to how many kills Chucky would get in this movie. I said fifteen. I said eleven. The answer, way fewer than I would have thought. It was eight. Eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, third movie in the franchise. Chucky does not kill that many people. Yeah, I guess he doesn't, does he? No. Well, uh, again, my Mandela effect, I thought 30 kids died in that mm-hmm. <laughs> war games at the end. when they, And I thought he had loaded everybody's bullets. I thought so, too. Or everybody's but, paintballs with bullets. And he did. It, he just loaded one team. Yeah, which I guess would be the team that would be shooting at Andy and stuff was probably maybe his thought. Mm, And then uh, he wants to keep Tyler alive. So Tyler was on the red team. So it's probably more like that. (laughs) That's a great But whatever. Uh, It's still, I can totally understand why you guessed how you did. But this means I win (laughs) then. Slightly lower score of 11. Way to go. All right. It's so weird in Child's Play 3 that the good guys are still popular. Like at this point, it's the 90s. Who is buying all these dolls? Oh my god, Mikey, do you not know about the DIY good guy custom market? I guess I don't. What is that? People buy and repaint good guy dolls to look like different figures from popular culture. Here, let's just pull up Etsy and I can show you. And uh, let's see if we can talk to one of these artists. Here, this guy here has a phone number in his contact section. (laughs) 
Good Guy Customs, LLC, how would you like your good guy to look? Wow, uh, God, I didn't know you could actually get a custom good guy doll made. Well, you can't. But I do buy up good guy dolls myself, repaint them, and then send them directly to you. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so who can we get them to look like? Willem Dafoe. Oh, that's rad. Uh, who else? Pretty much just Willem Dafoe. Hmm. And there's enough demand for Willem Dafoe dolls that you stay in business? You would be surprised. These collectors, they want every iteration of Willem Dafoe. We're talking Boondock Saints Willem Dafoe, Spider-Man Willem Dafoe, The Lighthouse Willem Dafoe, American Psycho Willem Dafoe. Doesn't he just wear a suit in American Psycho? He just wears a suit in most movies. But again, these Willem Dafoe fans, they know the difference. Studied the ties and breast coats. They care about Willem Dafoe. They have passion. All right, so when you say passion, it does make me think, well, all right, I'm just going to say it. Is this a sex thing? Are people having sex with these Willem Dafoe dolls? Some are. Others are merely actors trying to feel like they're running lines with a real pro. Some of them worship Willem Dafoe like a god. They're my best customers. They enjoy building shrines with multiple Willem Dafoes. And some are just collecting. 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 I guess I'm shocked there's enough demand for these to make good guy dolls popular again. Well, they're a perfect template. Paint the Willem Dafoe face lines on a good guy doll and it is uncanny. Plus, you can put these voice chips inside a good guy doll. Listen, this one does the entire monologue from The Lighthouse. And Neptune strikes you dead, Winslow! And let me tell you, these collectors, they will scoop up any Willem Dafoe that I put out. I just did a Princess Diana tribute Willem Dafoe good guy doll. Alright, now... As a Beanie Baby collector, I do know what a Princess Diana tribute doll looks like, so are you telling me you dressed up a good guy doll like Princess Diana, painted upon it the face of Willem Dafoe, and are donating all the proceeds to the Princess Diana Foundation? Why, yes. All right, just checking. I suppose I am glad Willem Dafoe has these kinds of fans. And that there are enough of them around for you to make a living. Yes, they are putting my kids through college. They're off to USC to study film and minor in Willem Dafoe studies. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, that sounds great for them. Goodbye. All right. I, Roxy, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh-huh. I don't support artists. M- Mikey, are you? Just after that guy. <laughs> I don't think people should uh, sell their art. <laughs> then how about you try and make a Willem Dafoe Chucky doll and then get back to me. And then you put your kids through college with that Willem Dafoe doll. And then we'll see who's the real artist, okay? Hey, that's fair. <laughs> I'll get going on it. Okay. Oh, here he comes. Our old foe, the demon bot. Congratulations. You have successfully reviewed Child's Play 3. Your souls are safe for another week. For next week, you must watch the 2009 film Triangle. Hmm, Triangle. I've not heard of this movie, Roxy. Okay, yeah, I vaguely remember some things from, like, the trailer to this movie. It seems neat, and I think it has some (laughs) elements that you will enjoy based on things I know you like in fiction, but I won't repeat them here because of spoilers. (laughs) That did sound like you were trying to convince me you knew something about the movie and you knew nothing. It's like... 
Well, based on uh, fiction, <laughs> the way you feel about this. <laughs> There's certain things uh, I know you like in stories. Um, and this movie has some of those based on that trailer. So we'll find out if my prediction is correct, I guess. <laughs> if you like it, if you just don't hate it, I guess maybe that I'm <laughs> correct. So, Mikey, how about we make a bet for a triangle for next week? I'd love to. Okay, so how about does the fourth build actor in the end credits survive? No, I'm going to say fourth build is a good spot to get killed in. Okay, uh, I will say yes. Well, we'll see. See who's right. All right, bet's locked in. Roxy, we've been talking about a lot of scary things. For instance... Killer dolls, uh, capitalism, the military industrial complex, uh, heart attacks. Uh Let's end the episode by talking about something that's making us happy. What's going on in your life that's making you feel happy lately? Uh, So something that made me happy this week is I uh, taught myself how to animate a GIF using my art in uh, Clip Studio. Whoa. Something I'd been. All right. I take it back about what I said about (laughs) artists. I support artists again. Thanks. I'm glad my uh, gift-making knowledge could convince you. <laughs> I haven't even finished it with all the colors yet. Uh-huh. But it was really cool because literally you just start a file and label it as an animation. And then you just do separate frames and you can animate it. It's so simple. Oh. And for so long, cool. like literally years, I put off learning how to do this, Mikey. And then it took me like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. And I was like, of course, that's what <laughs> happened. Of course, it took me 20 minutes once I just sat down and did it. But I feel empowered that now I can make a GIF whenever I want to. Roxy, you're kind of a magician. Yeah, look at me. I'm a magician over here. (laughs) Do whatever you want. Hell yeah. What about you, Mikey? What's uh, making you happy this week? Well, Roxy, I found a new game on the Nintendo Switch that I like. Oh, did you? It's called Akane. I think I'm saying that right. A-K-A-N-E. Okay, that sounds familiar. a $5 game. I got Mm -hmm. it on sale for $2. Nice. Love a Um, sale. My understanding is that it's a Vampire Survivor-like. I haven't played Vampire Survivor. Um, Vampire Survivor. But you're just in an arena, and you run around, and you have one button to use your sword, and then you can hold a trigger button and pull out your gun and shoot Oh, wait. Guys. This is Akane. Akane. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a Japanese name. It takes place in Mega Tokyo. Uh, that sounds yep. right. Sorry. And it rules it's so fun it's so fun i uh it's one of those games that you like start playing and then you blink and four hours have gone past you're just trying to get high scores you're trying to get like farther uh every time you complete one of the objectives you get a new piece of gear Mm. which is cool so like can increase your stamina or maybe you have a different kind of gun that shoots like a shotgun more than a pistol and it's so fun roxy i've dropped so much time into it it's not healthy for me to have it, this game. It sounds like it has a very arcadey feel, which I think stuff like that can be addictive. It'll feel like for an entire week, that's your entire life. And then you just won't play mm-hmm. it again for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yep, maybe that that's correct. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun with it, especially finding a new game like that, too. Because I know you yeah. like that style of gameplay. So that's oh, right. Boy, do I. I love it. All right, Roxy, it's time now for Haunted Plugs. Where can people find you on the Internet? So I'm on Twitter as Red Mage Roxy. I am also on Twitch as Red Mage Roxy. I am on Twitter at Secret Blimp. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Secret Blimp. I'm streaming Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Also, make sure that you give us five stars. Five scary stars. On your favorite podcast app. Or maybe you'd leave a review. That would be nice. And finally, remember to share. And scare. 
this scary podcast with your friends. Finally, as always, don't sign any contracts offered to you by demon robots. Thank you.